Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. Uh, this is review number 665 with a review of Riders of Justice. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. Um, this week, uh, this film, Writers for Justice, I'm sure is available on multiple platforms. We probably both rented it on iTunes or purchased it on iTunes. It's available as both options. Um, and we are here to talk about it. Stephen, before we get started, this film is quite a bit more serious uh, than our uh, the film Cruella was. Uh, so we're going to... I'm going to open with a more serious question. Um, but if you were on a train and you gave up your seat to somebody on that train and then a catastrophic accident happened and killed the person who you gave the seat to, how would you feel? Yeah. So there was actually a really interesting article in The New Yorker a few years ago called uh, I, I thought you might ask this, so I just Googled it <laughs> while you were talking to get the name. Just so you know, I'm not smart enough to have it offhand already. Uh, the Sorrow and Shame of the Accidental Killer. Um, that was a New Yorker article. Um, and, and the idea was basically, what does it feel like for... There are thousands of people living in the world who have accidentally killed someone. You know, yeah. They've done a thing that was not ill-intentioned. And it resulted in someone's death. Maybe it was reckless, you know, like a drunk driver, but a lot of them are just random. Like I made them go to this place and a bad thing happened or yeah. I traded seats with them. And it, it it's a really interesting thought experiment because morally you don't know what to do because ethically, like if I know that there are a hundred good outcomes that could have happened and I just hit the one bad outcome, I shouldn't feel guilty about it, you know? Yeah. But, or the flip side of it is morally a person who does a thing, even if the good outcome happens, they should feel guilty about the fact that a death might've happened because of their action, you know? And that isn't yeah, sustainable. Yeah. Like you can't live that way. Um, now taking back to the bus scenario, I don't know how I would feel like I would know that it was a good like a well-intentioned gesture I made. And I think that would help me overcome the feeling like I would tell myself a bomb could just as easily go off in the middle or somewhere else of the train. Right. It, it isn't like I put them more at risk in any meaningful way. Yeah. Um, would I still be haunted? Probably. But I like I think I think I would be able to talk my brain out of feeling actual guilt for that. Now the moment you put any kind of real blame, like the person didn't want to take the train and I urged them to do it anyway, anything that would start to feel like I did a thing that was like ill considered, even if it wasn't directly tied to death in a real way, then I think I would just be devastated. Like my whole life would be ruined. But in this one instance I think I could I could get through it. Yeah, it, it is an interesting thing to think about. I mean, for me, this is this is like why I don't like driving other people's cars. <laughs> um, I know this is like much less stakes, but I mean, at any point in time, anytime you get into a vehicle, you could be involved in either a minor or serious sort of accident. And like the idea of, of like, especially if you're the one driving that person, right? Like if, if, if like if I was driving your car and then I got in an accident, it would be almost impossible for you to not think in your head, oh, if I was driving, this wouldn't have happened, right? So it, it's it's one of those things where like, there's always situations where you can sort of think about it. 
this film might be there's characters whose job is to study statistical probability and things like that and like one of the things that those characters would argue in our universe or the universe of this film is that you can always trace back something so far that any individual action is almost insignificant because there's so many there's so many actions that cause this thing to take place that like it's not even worth you trying to feel bad about it but it's definitely a thing where it's like if i if i saw somebody who i was like oh i should be a i should be a chivalrous person and give up my seat for them and then something happened to them in that seat it would it would definitely weigh on me a bit i would think right i I mean i mean it's just a heavy a heavy thought and i believe this is a real phenomenon you know many people who have loved ones who died in a tragic way they always think like what could i have done you know they they drove because of me that morning or you know they i told them not to go to that place and they went anyway and i think that is just human nature um i my sense is that that guilt is tied somehow to how frequently you are reminded of that individual so like if you were close to them you would feel that what i don't know is a freak occurrence in a public place where you did a minor gesture that happened to trade places with someone but you had no other relationship with them like i don't I would have to live it to know how much that would kind of haunt you because it fe- it feels like you wouldn't have that many memories of the person to associate with it to begin with. Yeah. But what if what if you maybe. what if you cut somebody in line and then something happened to like everybody behind your spot? <laughs> yeah, I mean you would feel guilty, but then again, you're it, that is the whole dilemma of cutting in line is a bunch of people are mildly inconvenienced for your extreme benefit. Like you get to anonymize <laughs> the people that are behind you. And in th- so in this case, it isn't like there is one face I would associate with it. I would be like, man, there but for the grace of God, go I. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how I would feel. I've, I've thankfully never been in this situation before yeah. and I've never cut in line. Uh, no cuts, no butts, no coconuts. That's what yeah. I grew up believing. As long, as long as you don't count your A-list membership. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. <laughs> everyone in everyone in the normal line dies except for the people in the A list. Or hypothetically driving to Reno to get a vaccine shot a week before it was available in San Francisco. <laughs> Things like that. <laughs> cool. <laughs> All right. Well <laughs> Um, what do you say, Stephen, <laughs> we get into this review of Riders of Justice. Let's do it. All right, we're gonna take a listen to at least part of the trailer um, this film is a Danish film. Um, so we're going to listen to some of the trailer. Uh, but unless you're a Danish listener, you won't really know what's going on. So we just want some of the ambiance of the trailer and then we'll just jump into the review. Yeah. Can I ask one clarifying yeah. question? I, I believe the movie opens in what seems to say Tallinn, Estonia, which is not Denmark. But everyone speaks Danish. It, I, I don't know. I'm I'm confused. I can't find information about this, but it right from the beginning I was like I think they don't all also speak a different <laughs> language. Like I think I'm watching a Danish movie. Well, well, Steven, the one thing this film has taught me is that literally can't be a coincidence. <laughs> mm, yeah. If if Marshall hadn't been at home and got caught by Robin, then he never would have fallen, and Barney never would have run the marathon, and Ted never would have jumped the turnstile, and he wouldn't have picked up the penny, so he would have made it to Chicago. (laughs) I think you know where we're going. (laughs) All right. So, as I said, trailer, parts of the trailer for Riders of Justice, 
and then review. Are you still here? No. I think it pass. Markus Hansen, min navn er Otto Hoffmann, og det er Lennart. Jeg var med samme tog som din kone og datter. Hvad ved jeg? synes, det var krav på at vide, at det ikke var en ulykke. All right, so that was the trailer for Riders of Justice. Um, it is basically about a a man whose uh, wife has has uh, been killed in a horrific accident on a subway car, and a few men approach him um, afterwards and inform him that there is a statistical improbability that this was simply an accident and that it must have been connected to a trial that was happening of like one of the bosses of the writers of justice um, who is this sort of gang and um, basically these individuals try to convince this man to help them investigate what happened and potentially get revenge on whoever caused the accident to take place Stephen miller what did you think of Riders of Justice? So as is becoming a theme in the pandemic era of the spoiler warning where I'm not forced to watch trailers, so I just don't ever see trailers. Um, I thought I knew what this movie was going to be. I thought it was going to be Danish Taken. <laughs> um, <laughs> From the poster, basically. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, and this movie is so much fucking weirder than I gave it credit for. <laughs> and I mean that as mostly a good thing. Um, th this movie, like I just heard the trailer, but I don't speak Danish or Estonian. So I, I'm not sure um, how much it gives away. But the movie, the premise of the movie and the name and the picture in the poster, everything tells you this is like one man's revenge to right a wrong that happened. You know, he's going to go after this biker gang. He's going to take out people one by one. And maybe it will feel like we will feel conflicted about it. Maybe it will be an anti-hero type thing where we don't feel like the violence is worth it. But that will be the way the movie goes down. Um, another take on the movie that kind of is the synopsis you said is like the butterfly effect version where it is like people discussing the statistical correlation between things and what causes a thing to happen and can you ever really trace meaning out of a chaotic event. Um, what we get is like a mashup of those two in a very darkly funny, almost feels like it could be like a Martin McDonough play type thing um, of like this guy, Mads Mikkelsen, is clearly in a Taken type movie. <laughs> He's ready for revenge. He's out for blood. And then there's this comic relief happening all around him that is like very dark, 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 dark comic relief. Um, at, at one point, a character reveals that he was like abused by his uncle in a barn. Um, characters like talk about deep psychological trauma that they've had. Uh, murder takes place, some with good reason, others without good reason. This is just a weird fucking movie. Um and it was kind of incredibly fun to just watch how off, like, off the beaten path this movie was willing to go. As, as someone who I have not seen other films by the director, I know he, like, 
he is prolific, at least at writing. Like he writes a ton of things and he has a kind of brand that people are aware of. For me, this was just, it, it was very entertaining and strange. And I could never really grab hold of a tone for long enough to be fully invested in a character. But seeing just how far it would go, it it reminded me like to a lesser degree of a movie like um, like Calvary, right? Of like we are going to show you this kind of twisted world and all the different like things that don't make sense that happen in it. And we are going to frame it around a dark event. And like, we will still give you the opening and satisfying conclusion. But in the meantime, all the detours you go on are not, it will not be clear what they're adding up to or if they add yeah. up to anything. And that is kind of the the joy and ridiculousness that I felt with this movie is I don't know what it all added up to. Like, I kind of think the the text of the film being about statistics and correlations is kind of dumb or very surface level. Like when people are first introduced talking about this after a minute, I was like, the people who wrote this movie have never talked to people who do this for a living. Like no one would ever have to argue what statistics means in like 2021, you know? Um, but then like the, the feeling of the movie, the feeling of how it weaves this together with a very heartfelt and bloody, violent, emotionally difficult story. It, I don't, it's just the kind of thing that they would never make in the U S and it is fun to me that, a person was willing to make this and people go all at it. And I still haven't fully figured out everything that I think about this movie, but it was very surprising and I liked the surprise. Yeah. So in, in recent episodes um, where we were talking about films that were not in English, um, it might've been oxygen. It might've been other things. You talked about this effect of hearing stuff in another language makes it automatically sound better than it is. Um, I, I think mm -hmm. that, all the conversation about statistics is if it was in English, it would be God awful, <laughs> but because it is in Danish, it, it, it adds a sense of like gravitas to it that I thought was like more entertaining. Like obviously it wasn't going into it. I think in that opening scene where you're, you're saying that like people wouldn't have to explain statistics specifically, these guys are trying to argue that like they can find correlations that have nothing to do with anything. Um, so at least the premise of being able to figure out that like people who, um, you know, have this one thing also have this thing that's completely unrelated. And they were trying to argue, like, basically, the reason they were making this argument is because they've been working for like a year on this algorithm that can predict anything. Like, essentially, the, this film starts at the same place the film Pi starts at, <laughs> where, where somebody's been trying to create an equation that determines all things. Um, and I, I thought there was something fun about that. But I also really, really enjoy the idea of you know, they, they are trying to hunt down people and some of it they're doing purely by doing hacking and some of it they're doing purely by like reasoning out um, facts about a person based on habits that they can determine from other things that they can hack into. And like, I found that aspect of this film really, really fun. Like, I, like you talked about thinking that this film was going to be um, Danish uh, taken and then finding out that it is kind of Danish taken. I think it's also partially uh, Danish, the lone gunman <laughs> um, for anybody who's a fan of X-Files. Mm. Like these guys are totally Danish lone gunmen. And I, and I think that that their relationship together, like these three guys who know each other, who 
in a way kind of hate each other, but also have this begrudging love for each other. And just like the way they played off each other was so entertaining. I, I had seen like one tweet <laughs> that had mentioned how funny this film is. And I was like, huh, that's weird. Cause I, I had actually seen the trailer like a while back and I was like, Oh, that looks really good. Like uh, I might have to check this out. And I forgot, like I didn't, I didn't piece the name writers of justice to the story that I had seen because the title comes from this gang which from the trailer you don't know that right. much about and it's kind of like i was like the, the name didn't make any sense and on yeah it, it seems like it's going to be like a sons of anarchy yeah and, and, and honestly <laughs> like the poster doesn't look that cool it, it feels very straight to vod kind of film so I, I hadn't really like thought of it but then i watched the trailer and i was like oh that actually comes cool anyways um so <laughs> so for me like i was i was I, like I was primed to know that it should be funny, but I was like, no, nah, it can't possibly be funny. Cause when you start, when it starts off, it's not funny. <laughs> it's de- deathly serious. Right. Not at all. Um, but I think as it goes on, it becomes funnier and funnier and becomes more and more outrageous. But it also is, it, it's a film that is about interconnections and it's both making the argument that interconnection inter- interconnections between things have no meaning because they're all completely irrelevant, but then also trying to make the argument that like all things connect to all other things and you can infinitely trace things back to like an ori- originating point. Um, and I really liked playing in this universe and having people talk about these themes in this film, like especially talking about how things are not uh, th- like, like some things can't be coincidences. Um, this film opens uh with the little drummer boy song <laughs> and then yeah. explains <laughs> by the end of the film why it's opening with that because it seems like a completely random event that this film would open with that song and by the end of the film you're like I like I like what you did there <laughs> you explained that that wasn't a random song to open this film with so it's like little things in this film that that I just found incredibly fun um even though it's a dark story and you're watching sad things I love these characters and I would love to watch more films of these guys trying to get in other hijinks together in a way. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was really, really interesting. You know, I, I cared about the, the revenge story that it was starting to tell, but I also cared about these people working together and kind of each of them is able to play a role that another person needs to, whether it's comfort, whether it's skill, whether it's like, showing them that they are a person who has value like there's there's a lot of stuff that these characters are doing for each other that to me just worked as a like as a big ensemble of different things all mashed together but seemed to all be cohesive together even though this feels at times like four different films they do make sense together in the way that these characters are brought together in a way that works with the themes of the film. (laughs) So it's like, it just, it feels like something that is firing on more cylinders than it's supposed to have. Um, So I I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, uh, another thing it made me think of was a movie like Lockstock, right? Or just Guy Ritchie in general, the idea of people by happenstance coming together and this violent confrontation, this thing that the movie is built around could have easily been otherwise, you know? And this is a movie that kind of does that in multiple ways, but then what sets it apart is the characters are all philosophically talking about that exact thing, basically. Like, they're always wondering about the correlation between things and why is stuff a certain way. And that, again, it it is the kind of thing that maybe in English I would be like, oh, that's dumb. (laughs) But for for some reason, the added layer of me not being able to perfectly parse what everyone is saying made it all just much more entertaining to me, especially when people are cursing because the 
the translation of when they are upset, what they yell at each other is like insane. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I'm just choosing to believe that whoever subtitled it just like Googled, like, give me the most vile curse words and I will just string them together in a meaningless way. Um, I liked some of the other things that like, uh, there were a bunch of little quotes that just made me laugh in the movie. Um, Like uh, the guy Leonard is talking to the daughter and, you know, he he's discussing her anxiety, her fears, kind of helping her talk through what has happened since the death of her mother. And then he veers into her weight and he calls her a chubby little salami. <laughs> <laughs> and that just made me laugh so yeah. much. And like that, this extended conversation where they're like, let's just do this. Let's get this over with as a team so we can go home and eat banana cake. Like there's just a bunch of specific strange things that like i want i want to speak danish so i know how the character comes off i know they come off as wacky and cartoonish but i want to know how exactly um because they are very 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 ridiculous here there's another one where uh, a character who probably is my favorite side character emmenthaler um i want to see him in everything and if he did not star in a harry potter movie like he definitely (laughs) should he should be a magical creature or a professor of some sort um is the hacker guy yeah 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 he early in this movie has a freak out because they tell him they want to do a face recognition search and they want him to lower the threshold they want to it's a very simple idea they want to find the nearest neighbor in denmark as opposed to in the world and he it does not compute for him and the way that he freaks out about it is ridiculous and completely unbelievable and i loved the character the moment he did that like everyone is just outlandish and cartoony in a way that juxtaposes with the dark and very real nature of what the film was talking about in a way that i just found very like provocative and bizarre um also then a naked guy bound and gagged with a tray and a bottle of vodka on his back like we just see that at one point in this movie and are not really told what it meant until a little while later and the movie is just happy to have you be confused and mystified and feel like something very perverse or strange has happened in yeah. front of you. And the movie's like, yeah, we'll deal with it. Don't worry about it. Just, you know, enjoy, enjoy the havoc that we are causing. Yeah. You, know, you, you talked about it, um, in, uh, in relationship to like Guy Ritchie films and, and, you know, Lockstock snatch. Um, but those films are also about like, I mean, I guess it depends, like Lockstock more than Snatch, maybe where it's like completely unrelated stories, but everybody happens to be on the same street at the same moment. <laughs> so you're watching stories that don't connect mm-hmm. at all, have nothing to do with everything. And then suddenly all these people cross paths. And this is more like everyone is working towards the same path, whether or not they've realized that they're on it yet. Um, so I, 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 I feel like there, there's an extra heightened level like in 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 the Guy Ritchie films, it's more of a clever like surprise that they all connect. And this is more of a, like, you know, like you're watching the pieces having already been put in motion, like you're watching the dominoes all falling on their own and moving towards one spot. And you're just like dreading the moment that they actually make this connection. So it, it's mm-hmm. like a, it's like an extra level of something that I really enjoyed here. Yeah. Can we talk about Mads Mikkelsen for a second and just compare this to another round how in another round his character is all about doesn't feel very much very mild-mannered kind of unable to get emotional in any way um needs alcohol to open himself up and in this movie he's just like stone cold killer who like (laughs) 
punches a teenager very early in the movie in the face. Um, They are just two drastically different performances, and I find it kind of hilarious that he did both in the same year. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Um, Well, I think uh, that's probably going to bring us to our verdicts for this film. So, Stephen Miller, if you're going to give us a must-see, reckon with a caveat, wait for until pass pass with a caveat, or must-avoid, what would you give it? I'm going recommend with a caveat. I thought this movie was very enjoyable very provocative i don't know what it all adds up to it is kind of a combination of a bunch of profane crap and interesting ideas and extremely entertaining hyperbolic performances and whatever that cocktail was was fun and worth watching but i it hasn't necessarily added up to like a great movie for me it is just a interesting thing to watch and a thing that i think leaves you thinking so i had fun with it caveat i don't totally know how i feel about all of it yet (laughs) um (laughs) i'm still kind of chewing on it but it it was fun yeah um it's going to be a big recommend with a caveat for me um I, i i found it incredibly entertaining um i i really really enjoyed it i really enjoyed the ideas it was playing with um it definitely does some stuff by the end where it's like, is your thesis this or this? Which one was your thesis? What's going on? Like, it's playing with a lot of ideas and maybe not uh, coming down on one side. Um, but maybe that's just the Danish style of <laughs> posing questions. Um, but for me, I, I like I, I had an amazing time with it. Um, and uh, I think you'll enjoy it as well. It's available. It's like a $6 rental or like a $14 buy. Um, so, I mean, in, in a week that we spent $30 to yeah, watch that, Cruella. That's like a sandwich and a juice at Joe and the Juice. <laughs> um, I heard their sandwiches aren't very good, though. So be careful. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's going to do it for a review of Writers of Justice. Um, next week, we're going to be back for the great episode 666 to talk about The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. We could not have planned a better coincidence. Mm-hmm. Huh? Oh, talking about films, yeah. talking about coincidences. Um, so uh, we get ready for that. In the meantime, Stephen, if people want to find, find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, well, I'll be doing my due diligence watching at least the two previous official Conjuring movies, much as it pains me to say it, um, <laughs> over at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or com. So you're not going to watch the three Annabelle films or the, no, the no, nun films? <laughs> no. I, I don't even know that I'm going to watch The Conjuring in the sequel, but I feel like I feel like I might at least do that. Alright. I'll definitely revisit the first Conjuring. Uh, well, people can find me over at ChristopherInTheLight.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning, Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning, or Instagram.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Writers of Justice, so hopefully you are enjoying that and uh yep as i said we're gonna take off we'll be back next week for episode 666 so uh get ready hope that uh we don't get possessed or something bye bye